And welcome to the Woods, Water, and Mizzou podcast, episode number nine. I'm one of your co-hosts, Skeeter, and along with me tonight, I have Cole and Case. How y'all doing? Howdy, y'all. Good. Doing good. Well, fellas, doing good. Uh, last Saturday, all three of us were at Pro. I came up from Arkansas, and uh, <laughs> it's not good mojo when all three of us are at the same place at the same time, I guess. <laughs> uh, K- Kentucky wins the ball game 21-17. Our Tigers fall to 4-5 and five on the year. Uh, not a lot to say. Uh, but there, there's a lot to say, but a lot of it's bitching on my end. Yeah, I think I think we could all do that. It's a fair share. We can all find multiple points we all hated in that one game. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of going or keeping with my good, bad, and ugly, starting off with the ugly. Brady Cook, 18 of 26, 143, eight carries, 17 yards, had a terrible fumble, uh, not even touching it, just falls out of his hand. Uh his inability to throw with any accuracy downfield. Uh, looked like he's playing through some injuries, and we saw it last year with Basilak. No, uh, you got to appreciate their heart and their their competitiveness, but God dang, <laughs> like you're an SEC quarterback, you should be a little bit, a little bit better at throwing the football and making reads. Yeah, uh, is he is he though? Is he an SEC quarterback? <laughs> I mean, we're—I don't know, man. We're well. If you ask everybody else in the SEC, Mizzou does not belong. So you might have a point there. But uh, <laughs> when you look up the standings, Missouri is in the SEC. So yes, he is starting quarterback. Uh, nine games into this year, in the bowl game last year, so he has ten starts under his belt. And uh, like my dad and I were talking, and even when he completes, like he's. He's staring down his initial read so freaking mm-hmm. hard every every play. I don't know how he hasn't thrown a lot more interceptions. Uh, there, uh, there was a fake option drink called, which I really liked the play call because um, it it everyone took a bit where he goes to pitch the ball and then didn't ends up just keeping it, and yeah. you could see you could see Brady panic when his first read wasn't there. Now I think I think there were, there was other reads there. He just panics and throws it down to a screen, which gets blown up immediately. But that's what concerns me is I think that was a great play call by Drink. I think it was creative. I think it was the kind of stuff, you know, we don't see a lot from him. And our quarterback chose to then just dump off because he panicked but he couldn't find a uh, couldn't find a guy down there. Couldn't find his read. Yeah, I think there was a, a point and I, I don't know. I'd have to I I tried not to go back. I didn't. I didn't go back and, and rewatch this game. Um typically I do just to kind of see what those who didn't go to the game saw and what you know the announcers say and all that. But yeah, I don't know if we're talking about the same play or not, but there was a either a twins left or a trips left that, you know, middle of the field driving driving towards the south that I mean, immediately, and I get it, it's a trip's left, but, you know, his eyes immediately go to the left side of that field and never left it. And he followed that one receiver mm-hmm. running a post pattern or a, a deep slant or something of that nature that, I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, here he goes, he's going to throw it. And my God, if he completes this, I'm going to be really impressed. I mean, he didn't, but it's just, I don't know, It's it's just – getting to the point where it's really hard to believe. And I don't understand why this is our best option. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make this just a a complaining thing because I feel like that's all we've done all season, but good heavens. I think his deepest completion was actually the tipped ball to Miller that Miller made a hell of a play on catching and hitting yardage afterwards. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we talked to uh, him, I don't believe. Yeah, we talked to Mr. Miller, you know, last week, and he, he, he spoke very highly of his son, of course. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that ball was even intended for Makai. I don't think it I was. I think it, 
No, it looked like Miller was picking the ball off the way he caught it. Yeah, it did. Like very, very surprised. I mean, he was in a great position, made a great mm-hmm. catch, you know, great turn and run. Um, but yeah, I I would be shocked if that ball was was actually intended for Makai. I don't think it was. But Makai is a great player, and I think he's going to do great things at the yeah, school. I'm super excited about him. He's going to be really good. Yeah, I think he he got overshadowed because of um, Luther in the previous class, but that kid's, that kid's a baller. Yes, he is. Now, the other two things on the ugly, uh, the scrum. Uh, so, Levis is going out of bounds. Uh, he gets a push close to the sideline. Uh, nothing – really late or anything bad. Uh, and I believe it was Jeff Coat. But anyways, as he's coming back, uh, Kentucky goes to surround them. And surrounding is fine, but they started chirping. They, then they started putting hands on the Mizzou players. Uh, coaches, will, even the Kentucky coaches. And that's where I have a big problem. Uh there was some fat-ass coach from Kentucky that was squaring up with clenched fists and agging on the Mizzou players to do something, like come get some. Yeah. And a coach should never, ever, I don't care, at college, high school, pro, peewee, like should never do that to a player. No. Uh, I never thought bad of Kentucky. I know we've had some close games and they've had some close calls go their way. Uh, but, man, I, I lost a lot of respect for Mark Stoops watching him on the sideline, his antics. Uh, and that that whole scrum for us to come out as a penalized team mm-hmm. in that is just mind-boggling. It's, it's, yeah, it's incredible. It really is. Like it, It's truly incredible that that we were the one to be penalized. And I don't know if it's just the the refs taking a preconceived notion of, okay, well, we're on their sideline, so we must have done, you know, they must have done something wrong since they're the ones over here causing a, a fight or whatever, but it's just... There's a Kentucky player that jumped on the back of a Mizzou player. Yep. Uh, right in front of a ref, and he goes to pull the guy off, doesn't even throw a flag. And this is as the scrum, as the piles are getting separated. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty blatant and obvious. And, you know, it, there are many things that should have been called that weren't. And that was the the last thing, of course, on the ugly was the refereeing. Uh, terrible spots. Uh, we got a bad spot on offense, terrible spot on Defense on a third and one stop. Yeah. Uh, what is a personal foul? Uh, you know, they picked up the targeting uh, where the guy just cleared out Lovett. Uh, I don't know what a defenseless receiver is if that's not a defenseless receiver. Uh, and yeah, then, we're, we've been told the whole launching uh, angle thing. And apparently it doesn't, doesn't apply to them. But if you recall, that's how Bolton got kicked out of that Arkansas game in 2020 was yeah, the launch that, angle. That's what I told my dad. I said, is, you know, that wasn't even as bad or that was worse than what Bolton's mm-hmm. – how Bolton made contact on the Arkansas player and he got ejected. Yep. Yeah, um, and I mean, it, it. the fact that – I even told my brother-in-law that, you know, we were, we were sitting with my brother-in-law and I told him, he he was right. He was like, I don't think that's turning. I said, I don't know, man. He he's launching. He's you know he's loading up and going up at an angle. I, yeah, I mean he didn't leave with the crown of the helmet or any of that. But it's the the launching at the head or neck area that should have been should have been the penalty. I mean we could we could create an entire podcast of should have been penalties from this game. Yeah, for it's, real. it's insane. But well. If you would like to let the referee know your thoughts or opinions, he's uh, pretty high up in Alabama Power Company. If you do a little bit of research, and there's an email that is uh, pretty quick comes up on a Google search, and feel free to let him know just how swell of a job him and his crew did last Saturday. Yeah, but you appreciate that. 
their trip to Columbia, Missouri. Uh, and then, of course, the whole punt. Uh, I guess by by rule, that would be a correct call. But did the punter reestablish clearly reestablish himself in a kicking motion? I do not believe so. No, uh, I don't believe so either. I don't. I don't believe twenty two would have had time to react from the time he planted his foot and started swinging his leg uh, for 22 to lay up and go for the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a real gray area on that aspect. And I felt like he got hit as the ball was still on his foot. But uh, nonetheless, that completes the ugly on the bad penalties. Uh, we did good two games in a row on the penalties. I uh, believe we were under five on the Pandy game and South Carolina game. And this weekend, we had 12 for 84 yards. Uh, the false start by Connor Wood really killed a drive in uh, their territory. And we ended up having to kick a field goal. Uh, second and nine on defense, had a pass interference by Chris Abrams' dream. They ended up missing a field goal, so it didn't hurt us in that aspect of it, but still giving them a first down when we shouldn't. Uh, the the scrum, we got the 15-yard penalty out of. Uh, they ended up getting first and 10. They got it from the 47 to the 35 after that personal foul. And it, if anything, it lit a fire under the damn, our damn defense because they end up losing what, like 16, 17 yards the next two or three plays after that? Yeah. They end up having a punt. So that was a good job from them guys. Uh, on the targeting that they picked up, they, they don't see a defenseless receiver, but they see the receiver step out of bounds and then step back in bounds to, uh, make the catch, so that was an illegal touch. Uh, the roughing the kicker, you know, that, that killed time off. Uh, then the last drive of the game, there's a 27-yard pass to Luther Burton, but there's holding on Mitchell Walters, so it got mm-hmm. called back on that. Uh, just some... If, if we're going to get a penalty, it's going to be in a costly moment, it seems. Uh, it can't be, you know, Kentucky had the, what, two false starts. We went from third and 20 to third and 10 without ever snapping the ball. Yeah. Uh, so at least if you're going to have a penalty, having it in a time like that where it's not going to, you know, really give an, an advantage to the opponent. Uh, did you have anything on the bad you would like to add? No, I mean, not necessarily. Um, there were a lot of things, but I'll just, I think everybody knows them. Everybody um, has already kind of heard them. So I, I don't know if I want to beat that dead horse. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got a, I got a different bad for you. You ever had, uh, had a whole row of visiting fans behind you the entire game? Because oh. I had that. And they weren't like obnoxious. They were like the type where, uh, <clears throat> for example, um, the fumble, the fumble that did not go, that was clearly moving out of uh, Rodriguez's arm that they called, you know, not a fumble. Mm, yeah. Um, the whole time they're like, well, that's, well, he's, he's, oh, well, he's clearly down. No, he's clear. No, there's no way. Oh, well, you know, no, they, no, I don't know why these fans think that, because that, that's not that ball. No, that ball was not moving even a little bit. Oh, see, it's I like, told you. I told you. That's what I was trying to tell you guys. Like have that guy behind us, you know what I mean? Not the guy um, trying to start fights. The guy that just is like, well, I mean, you can't, you can't go after a punter. Like, I mean, you guys should know, you can't. I mean, can't let him kick the ball. Come on, that guy. Yeah, that guy behind us the entire game. I'll say and, actually, I, yeah, I mean, along that line. Now that you bring that up, I will add something to the bad. The the people that, and I'm sure there were some, but the majority of people that uh, on social media 
thought that the crowd was booing the punter, the injured punter down the ground. I'll have you. Oh, he was my. there for <laughs> quite a while, right? I'd say what five minutes at least. Short uh, lifetime. Yeah, long enough for them to go like to a commercial break, come back, and he's still there. Yeah. Um, but no, for for the context of those that were not there, they were showing that replay over and over and over and over again to where, you know, it just gave people within the stadium more of a reason to be, you know, upset about it. So we were upset uh, as a whole. There was, was a lot of pent up of aggression. So, I, yeah, no one was booing the kid who just broke his leg. We were booing the situation we were in and the refs who made it happen. And, and yeah, and such a such a drastic change in in the game. Mm-hmm. We're 30, 10, we 10 we go from getting the ball at the 25, 30-yard line maybe. Uh, with a timeout. With a yeah. And down four to them getting the ball uh, back three more plays and us only with one timeout. So No no timeouts at that point. Yeah, we had to call the timeout, right? Yeah. Had to yep. stop the clock after they had gotten that first down. Yep. Yeah, so – uh, you know, it it was complete high to a uh, floor being taken right out from you in a fifty foot fall. It's just uh, it's something every every single game with Kentucky. It's the it the twenty eighteen. Uh, let's see, twenty eighteen. Were we there or here? Was twenty eighteen? We, we were. Down I was. Game? I was at that game. That was here. Yeah. Okay. Out. So that was the untimed down game. The one before that was Drew Locks, um, like the the refs, you know, him hawing around, getting the ball back to the line of scrimmage, yep. right? Yep. Um, twenty, let's see, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen is when they didn't have a quarterback with to beat the piss out of us, just having a wide receiver run every yep. single play. Yep. And then twenty twenty, that was Drink's first year, which we beat them. I was there for that game. Nothing too crazy. No, it was just. It was a code year. Everything was weird. Um, so in the weirdness, yeah. we won the game. And then, yeah, yeah, we, we had the weirdness <laughs> on our side. Um, yeah. Yeah, with the, them pumping the stadium noise into it and had that weird feedback. I do remember that. People commenting on that after the game. Um, Last year, we lost by a touchdown there. Yeah, lost yep. by a touchdown. There was some weird stuff that happened in the first quarter, too, you know. Yeah. But it golly, man, it's just something every single year with Kentucky. Yeah, it is. They got yeah. our number, man. I'll give it to them. They got our number. I was loud. Whether it's their fault or not, they get our number. You, you talking about Kentucky fans being bot? I'm the type of fan. I I can't like if you're coming, especially rooting for the opposing team. Uh, it is my responsibility and duty as a home team fan, to make your stay as miserable as possible with all the shit talking I do, all the noise I make. <laughs> like, I think I was so loud that when I come back from halftime from meeting you all, there were had been three or four people in front of us, and every time it was yeah. third down, like I, I screamed, you know, was, was uh, making noise, and the girl kept turning around looking at me like, do you really have to do this every time? And when I come <laughs> back from halftime, they were gone. And never came back, so yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, my mouth caused that uh, just from the looks I was getting. But only, I mean, that's my first time in nine years to be back at Rose, so I was going to make it worth worth my while. Yeah, exactly. uh, I, I didn't have any bad experiences with Kentucky fans. I actually striked up conversations with a few of them leaving, and they had, of course, had the game had a different outcome, they probably have a different opinion, but uh, there's a father-son combo I talked to, and I said, is this your, y'all's first time here? And they said, yes. And I said, what'd you think of it? And they said, great facility, great field, like, really good atmosphere. We were surprised, and we enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, you always like to hear uh, that from, from visiting fans. Yeah. Uh, and then getting into the good, uh, just weekly – Defense, six sacks, 11 tackles for loss, three passes deflected. Uh, DJ Coleman, nine total tackles, half a sack, two tackles for a loss. 
Darius Robbins, one and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, four total tackles. Realist George stood out quite a bit to me. Uh, 99 there in the middle. He's not as tall and don't have the length of a lot of guys up the middle, but uh, he, he sure step in and make, make some plays and make it count. He had a sack, a tackle for a loss, and four total tackles. and So three linemen with uh, combined 17 tackles right there. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he's he's like a bowler. Tackles for a loss. Yeah. He's, so he, that's, that's really good to get your D-line getting that pressure and getting the tackles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, we can, we can talk. That's, it sounds bad because they deserve more, um, more praise, but because the way this season's going, it's almost uh, old hat just for the defense is playing well. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, like, you know, what are we, uh, we should, we should be, we, if we were winning, we'd be like, Oh my God, the death row defense, these guys, this is, you know, legendary Mizzou defense, but with the way these games go, and we're just like, oh, yeah, Davis was good. Because yeah. are, are you excited about it? No. <laughs> you know, not really. Right. I mean, you in the game, they're great. You love them. But we're, we're basically, if they don't go out and just pitch a shutout, we're screwed. Yeah, and I will say it is it does give more hope um, towards the future that, you know, that, that we, we did lock down, you know, Blake Baker to an extension. Um, yeah. So, so that does make me feel much, much better about the future that, you know, hopefully this isn't just one kind of fluke uh, season that we're going to see that this is something that may kind of continue to recur, um, you know, hoping that they continue the recruiting and, and you know, yeah. some good players in the transfer portal. But yeah, to finally have a, a defensive coordinator um, that can have some lockdown, it's uh, pretty nice. I guess we didn't mention that or drinks extension, but that right. is, uh, hey, you know, I think getting a defensive coordinator that he can count on is big for drink. Getting them locked up is also big. Um, that's what drinks been missing these first couple of years. First, the first guy was Odom's guy. You know, he did. I think yeah. Walters did a good job that season, but Walters wasn't his guy. He wasn't going to help build anything. Right. Uh, we all know what happened to Steve Wilkes' experiment, who obviously is, uh, I guess, a great NFL coach because he turned the Panthers around. <laughs> in um, two games. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Yeah, they look they're like the best they've played in the last two years in the last two games. Um, that guy wasn't our guy, but Baker has done great and he is our guy. So props to Drink for keeping up keeping him. I think Drink's extension is a good thing in the fact that with his defensive coordinator locked up and recruiting, yeah. if he's gonna build something, it's gonna take time. Drink's a young oh. guy. This is his first real stop at a power five. This is his first at a power five school, first real stop. Like we can all agree that Appalachian State wasn't quite, you know, like his team. So I think I think it's good locking him up. We'll, we'll see what he can build. Uh, is this season frustrating as all get out? Absolutely. You know what yeah. I mean? Do I do I hate what's happening in the quarterback position? Yes. Do I kind of get it the fact that the O line is trash and he's worried about throwing horn to the wolves and getting his, you know, his shiny quarterback destroyed? I get that too. But it also means 2022 is going to be another pain in the ass season, just like 2021 was. Yeah, and it, uh, I'll tell you what: is as much as he's, as much as Drink is reserving Horn, and you know whether it's the oh he's not ready yet or he's not comfortable putting it behind this offensive line. I'll tell you what, man, he better live up to the hype. That's all I got to say. It, because that's a good point. He, for him to just. I don't want to say him right, like yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to say write the season off, but I mean, good lord, that's what it kind of makes it seem like is happening. That's exactly what I feel like. It's just like, oh, oh well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do what we can and get what we can. Um, and the other crazy thing is, you know, most people assume that the Horn's going to be the starter. Didn't Brady have eligibility next year? Yeah. Oh, Brady has just got four years left. Yeah, right. So to think, I was that gonna say, what is Mizzou? Like, yeah, what is Mizzou going to do? If- Brady Cooks are starting quarterback next year. I'm, oh, oh, Lord. it might not be good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we probably won't have very many 60,000, you know, borderline yeah, capacity really. games, man. Yeah. Well, the, the other good I had, uh, I saw Harrison Mavis warm up and uh, actually take practice swings before going out to kick field goals. So, uh, 
he has made adjustments. He's not just saying, I'm good enough to, you know, every ball that leaves my foot. So uh, I was happy to see that from the big fella. Yeah. Uh, updated SEC East standings, and this is why this one hurts so bad, because we could be in solo place of third, but now we're tied for next to last with Florida, and they have the tiebreaker over. So you have Georgia at the top at 6-0, and uh, Tennessee at second, 4-1, and South Carolina and Kentucky tied at 3-3, three and three. Florida 2-4, and four. Mizzou 2-4, and four. Vanderbilt 0-5. Oh and, uh, and we have Tennessee next week, but we'll get into that later. If y'all have anything else you want to add to the football game, feel free, but uh, I'm ready to move into the basketball game if y'all are. Let's go to basketball, yeah. I do. I want to throw one more thing. I oh. just want to say kudos to, uh, you know, you guys obviously were both there, but whatever whatever the, um, the I guess, attendance was, um, kudos to those people because it was windy. It was cold. Um, I think I got sick from being there. Yeah, man, it was it was not. I mean, it was football weather, but it was not really an enjoyable game. No, I mean, the second half the sun came out, but uh, yeah, man, kudos to whatever it was sixty one thousand that showed up. That pre one thousand forty seven. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, we are really showing off this year. Like we're we're really supporting our team like we should be, and I'm proud of us as a fan I base. I am too. I am too. But yeah, let's uh, uh let's shift gears here. Okay, well, well, one of y'all want to take that over? I was, uh, I started a new job this week, and so been a little busy. Uh, I, yeah, was a little busy, and then I'm a Saints fan as well, and it's Monday Night Football for us, so uh, I watched that shit show. <laughs> All right, well, Cole, you were there. Um, give us your opinion on the yeah. Uh, the game we know Mizzou won. It was closer than thought yeah, it would be. 90, I got my own pins on it. Yeah, ninety-seven, ninety-one. I believe it was. 90, yes, sir. Yeah, ninety-seven, ninety-one. Uh, we beat USI University of Southern Indiana, the Screaming Eagles. Screagles. Um, yeah, Screagles. I was there. Um, my mom. I got uh, a connection I've made through Mizzou basketball over the summer. Um, came to came to fruition and uh he he hooked me up with some tickets so that was awesome great seats um was very very i mean we were like row four i was practically right there on the floor um so yeah we got to see the uh the dennis the dennis gates era in motion um a little over ten thousand was there maybe almost eleven thousand somewhere in there um was in attendance student section was completely full um and yeah man they uh i'll tell you what is a a very up-tempo team um undersized but i think that's why we're seeing an up-tempo team um just like you see in any college basketball game um we went through streaks hot streaks cold streaks um usi went finished on a very very hot streak uh, the entire second half actually sat right next to Lawrence Bowers. Um, and we were just kind of talking and he's like, man, these guys, you know, one thing he's seeing right off the bat, obviously we're undersized, but two is um, that they're having a little trouble defending the ball. You know, I, and I mean that by uh, defending the shooter. So, you know, um, I guess closing out would be, would be a good term for that. Um and I don't know about you guys, but I think we all kind of grew up watching Lawrence Bowers. So when he's, when he's talking ball, I was just sitting there soaking it in, man. Um, For sure. He was, uh, he had a lot, a lot of good things to say. Um, great dude, but the team looked good. Um, it was good to see Mosley, good to see Shaw, Kobe Brown. When, uh, when they visited my job earlier this summer, um, I think I told you both this, that I told him as he was leaving, I was like, Hey man, I'm just, I'm really, really happy that you decided to stay. And he's like, Oh yeah. You know, it wasn't really ever out of the question to, to leave. So it's good to see that. Um, and yeah, it looks like all the pieces that 
the dentist either went out and got or brought with him from Cleveland State um, are uh, are contributing. Of course, it's game one, very small sample size, but uh, I mean, hey, ninety seven points. So I don't know if we saw that at all last year. So pretty uh, pretty good start. Yeah, I uh, so I think the score was closer than everyone thought. Mm-hmm. But uh, how often does a team team going to shoot fifty percent from three point land? Like a couple times a season. <laughs> right. So. Um, no, I agree. We, we could have done better rotating on defense. And we had a little loss on offense a few times, but I think a big part of that is chemistry. And that these guys are all new. Besides the Brown brothers, these guys didn't even know each other. You know, well, I guess some of the Cleveland State guys did. But you know, you know what I'm saying. The team yeah. you know, was not together then. So um, they've got to know, I guess, where they are in the rotations, offensively and defensively, who closes out. And I think that's the kind of stuff you pick up in game. So I liked the energy I saw. I liked how fast they played. Uh, Mizzou averaged 60 possessions a game last season. They had 81 last night. Um, That is strikingly different. Uh, I liked uh, – I I liked – I'm trying to say here, the transition. We didn't think enough played enough transition last season. Tons of transition. Now you can argue as much transition threes that were missed and bricked. Um, but if you watch the game, we beat we beat that team. You know, soundly. The issue was that they would just dribble up the court and just chuck the ball up and would go in every single time. Yeah. Like it was getting borderline comical. I I, I distinctly remember like again there were some open threes. I'm not going to say there wasn't. But there was plenty of covered threes that went in as well. Uh, the last three they made, they just chucked one of their guys. I don't know. I don't know USI's players' names. Um, he is like it's a deep three, and Kofi Brown is in his face, and he hucks it up. I'm like, okay, well they're gonna miss this one, and it just sinks to the bottom of the net, like like there's a magnet to the ball or something. Yeah, I. I it, it looked like when when Curry is, like, on fire in, in like, a, a Warriors game. You know what I mean? It was ridiculous. Right. Yeah, we're not going to see that. Or, uh, you know, just the average – you could go to practice uncovered, like, wide open, and you couldn't shoot that well. It was just – I know, they I know both of y'all are – I know both of y'all are younger, but the way you're making it sound, uh, the older generation of Mizzou fans, it, I mean, to me it's sounding like you're describing Clarence Gilbert. Uh, the dude would take some shots and it'd be like, no, don't shoot it. And then, you know, the camera would pan to the goal and it'd be like, great freaking shot. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Dude, it was like, there was a, there's a white guy on their team. I don't remember his name. I kept calling him John Mellencamp because he's the only person from Indiana I've ever, I I know of. Uh, That's Larry Bird, I guess. Anyways, that John Mellencamp looking dude, he, uh, at a certain point, he went four for four, and they would just run down there, pass it to him on the wing, and like there'd be someone in his face. A like, goal stain would be there, and it didn't matter. He just kept sinking. Like it was, I was laughing. I, I couldn't, I was, it was funny to me because I couldn't fathom how this team was just throwing the ball up and it going in every time. It was like one of those joke videos when they make fun of the dude perfect guys, where like they'll just throw the ball backwards and all of a sudden they just cut to the rim and the ball's going through the hoop. That's what it was yeah. like watching that game last night. Yeah, we we out rebound them. We were more athletic than them. They were faster than them. You know what I mean? We did. We had a ton of steals. It didn't matter because every time they got the ball, they would just teleport it right into the hoop. Yeah, I think he said. I think Lawrence Bowers was counting, and at one point they had six or seven straight made threes. So I know. think it was. Yeah, it was six or seven. It was do the, oh my do God. the math on that. I mean, it's it's just, right. It's crazy, but you know, is what it is. Well, it is what it is. Uh, it's, um... the, the other big thing for uh, Mizzou review for this week, uh, I got to say, see a little bit of highlights Sunday of wrestling at the softball field, and the boys oh, yeah, came out. Right. They weren't fooling around. No, they went after Linwood, uh, didn't they? They straight dominated. Yeah. Uh, number three in the country, if I recall the rankings correctly. Uh, it's going to be a fun year to follow. You know, uh, 
Keegan O'Toole, of course, defending national champion, uh, back again. And we're also getting, uh, I've seen some recruits, uh, on the wrestling side that are pledging commits. So, uh, coach definitely has things trending very well on, on the wrestling mat for us. Definitely. I'm actually wearing a Mizzou wrestling big 12 championship t-shirt right now. Oh, go me. Um, uh, yeah. And I think you can, this is just for anyone listening. You can watch almost all of the, at least all the home meets are on sec network or sec plus. Cause I guess we're the only wrestling program in the conference. So, uh, Check those out. They're fun to watch, or just go out there and hang out at uh, the Hearn Center. But uh, that's that's our, our top program. Them in softball in school right now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, yeah, we as, we got we got. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of looking forward to, uh, you know, aside from the Tennessee game this weekend, um, Mizzou men's basketball plays Pennsylvania, plays Penn uh, this weekend on Veterans Day, November 11th. So. Um, 7 p.m. The Ivy League pin, correct? Ivy League pin. Uh, well, go Tigers on that for sure. Uh, it don't matter who they play, I'll never not root for Mizzou, regardless of record. It'll always be black and gold in my veins. Uh, and it's crazy. I'm looking at the uh, this just and I know the official tickets aren't on sale yet, but. You know, looking at ESPN, it shows, you know, the the time and then what TV channel it's on, the tickets and, you know, Ticketmaster will show as low as, you know, tickets as low as $2, $2, $2 all the way up until like Wichita State, $22, right? Which still not bad. The, uh, the kind of getting way ahead of ourselves here, but December 10th, KU tickets as low as 170 bucks. So that, uh, yeah, I want to go pretty bad, but I don't know if yeah. I can afford it. Um, I don't know, man. I think I may just bite the bullet and pay for it. <laughs> try and try and get to that. That is going to be an insane game, insane atmosphere. Yeah. Well, moving into the outdoors section, uh, case you we haven't really got to talk a lot because I know uh, you and your family had some housing decisions. Y'all were trying to make over the past week so uh were you able to get any hunting in any any outdoor stories to add other than uh the cold weather saturday at row so i did not go out this weekend at all but since i missed last week i got a little store for you guys um i go out i went out a few times but i went out on sunday morning and um <laughs> So I wasn't on my property. I was on my in-laws and it's also youth weekend. So I come in, I come in with uh, my brother-in-law and his kid and they go in a stand right next to the road. And then I go to the sand and sit in all year. And for the first time ever, I get myself lost in the, in the woods. Oh no. Yep. So I get myself lost. You know what time of year it is. It hadn't rained in a hot minute before then. So I'm just crunching up a, a storm. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I yeah, I'm like I'm like oh fuck, where oh, this oh, is where am I? This is so, already funny. And and uh, finally the sun starts coming up. Now I have a bearings, guys. I don't know where I'm at. I know I don't know which way's northwest. You know I don't know where I am. So finally the sun starts coming up, and that gives me enough of a bearing to figure out where I am. From there, I am eventually to get you know to where I'm going to get to the stand. And then my brother-in-law texts me, and he's like, "Well, I'm pretty sure every deer on the property is left now." (laughs) 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 So I was like, "I was like, yeah, my bad." And so they, I think they went home, but I, uh, I ended up sitting there until lunchtime, and uh, I had a six point, and it was you know not legal and not legal in Platte County to to shoot him, but uh, he hung out with me for about forty. Minutes and post a picture on Twitter. He got within, um, he literally just stood beneath me about 15 yards away for about 10 minutes. 10 15 minutes. Gee, there's some leaves he was checking out. He had no idea I was above him. 
Uh, so I, I sat there and I counted his points over and over and over. Maybe I can make an, an eighth one, you know, make make a fourth one on one side there and make him legal, but I never could. But uh, yeah, I sat there and I just, I watched this little buck for about four, from 45 minutes. He came up the hill and he just moseyed around, you know, by this time. I sat there and watched him. I told my brother-in-law, it's like, hey, when he left, he went towards where their stand was. And I said, maybe if you, you know, one more patient could have shot that deer because there's no restriction on youth. But uh, yeah, that was my that was my blunder last time I was out there. Never were you able to get back to your Were you able to get back to your truck? Okay, once you I was. I felt I felt like a dunce. Yeah, that's the first time out on that property I got lost, and oh, I felt like an idiot. Well, I'll I'll take your feel like an idiot and and challenge you with my story Friday. So my last day with my last job. Uh, was Thursday last week, and just that's how the pay period fell, and that was my two-week notice. So Friday, I said, I'm going to get some hunting in uh, before going to my dad's and then getting up go to the Kentucky game Saturday. So get up early, get out there, dark, lay all my gear out on the ground, spray it out, uh, lock my door, shut the door, go to pack everything up, go to walk in the woods, and I get about 15 yards down the trail. And I said, shit, you left your keys in your wallet sitting in the front seat of your truck. And I don't have a oh. spare key. Did not come with a spare key of that truck. Uh, oh, mercy. So I spent until 8 or 7, like 7.45 uh, before I finally got the truck unlocked. All I had to pry on my door was a, a square shovel uh, and I used about a four foot long piece of pine branch to <laughs> wiggle down in there <laughs> and it oh, was finally able to get it open I, when cutting the branch to get all the nubs off of it I was going away from me and there's one of them that was kind of shaped weird and not even paying attention, just being pissed off, mad, you know, because the sun's coming up and it's like a perfect morning. And so I turn the knife down and come down and my thumb's what stops the blade. And so I, uh, I got a good gash on my thumb and I'm just dripping blood. Yeah, I've been there. So, uh, then I go to walk into the stand and jump a deer. All I see is the back end of it. Uh, and this is about halfway to the stand. So then I I get to the stand, and as I'm walking to the stand, like when I walk off the trail over to the stand, it's maybe 20 yards off the trail. I look up, and about 15, 20 yards behind me is a doe walking step for step with me. But the wind's so loud, she can't hear me. And she doesn't see me. So Obviously, I can't get in the stand, and there's too many trees in between me and her for me to get a shot off on the ground because I don't want to hit a branch again. And so I just sat until she moved out and then got the stand, looked at the rubs from last week, and they hadn't been touched. And so I said, okay, he came through here, but uh, it may not be his daily route and so I decided I was going to do a little bit of scouting because I felt you know most of the deer movement was going to be done by that time of the day and so I find about a four to six inch cedar that's been rubbed pretty good and it looks like more than one deer on it uh, on one side of the trail on the other side of the trail is about a two inch cedar that's been rubbed and there's a down tree and I've got a climber a lock on and a ground blind so I'm trying to figure out which stand I'd want to use and where and that down tree is just shaped just right I said ground blind will blend in good there so I go over to it and look well there's a scrape beside this down tree so I said I'm not putting it there because he's obviously traveling right here and so I did a little bit more walking there was another scrape and another rub about 10, 15 yards further down. So I said, okay, this is this is where I need to be. And so I go back to get my climbing stand and find a pine tree that 
where it's not so thick right there in the underbrush. <laughs> and like, I had set my crossbow down, my pack down, and went and got the uh, climber. And as I'm walking back up with it, there's two does maybe 15 yards away from me. Hmm. And uh, the wind's not blowing, and so they hear the clank of the stand as I'm taking them off my back. And then they blow out. So my hunt was, I just got it set up on the tree, had to cut a couple branches. and uh, But then when I came back Sunday morning, uh, set up and tried using some, in Arkansas, the deer scent has to be synthetic uh, because CWD, you can't use natural deer urine. Uh, so I tried using some synthetic dough and heat uh, and had it set up with the way the wind was blowing. And about 8.30, a herd of deer started coming out of the woods. I've never seen this many deer grouped up, and it was just waves. Uh, I don't even know how many there actually were because there were some moving behind trees that never stepped out in the opening where I was at. Uh, and I counted at least 15, but I knew, I know there were more than that. And a button buck come out and he stopped and he was about 10, 12 yards away from me. Never saw me. I said, I'm not going to, not going to shoot you because it, it was close to being spike Arkansas's two inches or smaller for a button. And I said, well, that'll be for. One for my boys to kill when, you know, three, four years down the road when he's older and more mature and they're ready to hunt. And he, the little sucker just would not leave my area. And I thought about it and I said, well, there's no antler restrictions here because CWD in my, in my county. And so I get up my phone and I look and verify it. And I've already taken pictures of him. And so uh, I decided after 15 minutes of watching him, I was going to go ahead and get a shot I actually set my phone up and recorded first time I've ever done this uh, shot him and, and got him and so I'll have some more uh, fried backstrap here later this week good deal good deal that's uh so how'd you set how'd you uh, how'd you get your phone set up in the stand you just uh, it up against something held it with my thighs Thick thighs save lives, they say. <laughs> oh, mercy. Skeeter, no I, think you may have, I think you may have the wrong kind of thick thighs on that. But, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's recorded. That's all that matters, right? That's that's right. That's right. Yeah. Had, you, I, you posted a picture uh, on Twitter and much... To the embarrassment of myself and Case, here's our professional hunter segment oh now God. with Cole. Kidding <laughs> no, I just I've I've been having the season of my life so far. I've been having a very very good season. Um, yes, my my first antlered buck tag in Missouri has been filled. Um, filled it last Wednesday evening. Um, like I said, new property. I'm a uh, new property I'm hunting on this year. Had some good, real good deer on camera. And we had mentioned in earlier podcast episodes that, you know, not going to be, not going to be that guy that's just, okay, going that hard after one specific deer in my first year. Um, you know, good one comes through. Hey, we're going to, we're going to let the bow eat. So Wednesday, uh, South wind. Um, I had a stand set up about 30 yards from a real, real active scrape tree um, that was just absolutely tore up that I was getting the pictures that he's good bucks on. So I figured, well, why not hunt it, right? So south wind, wind's in my face going in. Um, when it's real dry and crunchy, I like to throw a diaphragm call in my mouth, um, a turkey diaphragm call. And I'll occasionally purr and cluck and, you know, do soft yelps where if a deer does hear me, if I'm within earshot of a deer, they don't hear that rhythmic walking of a human and think human. They hear a turkey sound and they think, oh, that's just a turkey. 
long as your wind's good, typically you can get away with it. Um, so I'd done that. Stain was pre-hung. Uh, climbing stick was pre-hung. So really, I'm just walking in, trying to be as slow as possible. It was 73 degrees when I got in the stand. Um, and as soon as I get in the stands, get, you know, bow pulled up, hung up, get my safety line tied in, I'm all settled. And I hear this. I don't even want to try and mimic it on a podcast, but it it legitimately sounded like a sneeze. But it was over and over and over. It would happen like five, six times in a row, and then it would stop. Then it would get a little closer and a little louder, over and over and over, and then it would stop. This went on for probably the first five minutes I was set up. And I'm thinking, okay, that's gotta be that's gotta be a deer or some sort of critter that's got something in his nose. And uh, so I look up, I catch movement, I put my binos on it, and it's a decent shooter buck. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. It's 73 degrees. And it's this buck sneezing. He's got something in, on, or around his nose that he would every, so now, or every now and again, he'd look back and he would use one of his rear hoofs to scratch his nose. The more I'm watching him, I'm like, dude, this is a good buck. Like, if he gives me a shot, I'm going to shoot him. Um, my wife would be real happy if I'm tagged out at 3.30 rather than 6.30. So, <laughs> um, I'll be home to cook supper. Um, so, anyway, I'm watching him, and he goes behind this brush pile and starts to go down this slight little uh, drainage into this creek bottom that I'm set up over. And, uh, man... You, you guys are ever in the stand, you feel the wind shift. As you feel it shift, you're like, gosh dang it, man. Well, I felt that wind hit the back of my neck. And as soon as it hit the back of my neck, five seconds later, I'm looking at him. And his he pops his head up. I'm thinking, well, whatever's in his nose is not affecting that bad. Because he busted me bigger in Dallas. He didn't blow or anything. Um, but definitely caught my wind and just did the, you know... Um, not super mature buck, but like cautious buck. Um, I don't like that smell. I'm going to slowly work off and then do a couple bounds and get out of here. Right. So he did, um, that all happened at about three o'clock. Uh, I didn't see anything else. I'd done a rattling sequence just cause, um, a couple buddies I'd talked to said that some of the bucks they had been seen and, and called in were pretty callable. So I figured, well, why not? Right. Rattled in a little spike that hung around for, I don't know, 30 minutes. Um, circled all the way around my tree. He was not concerned about my scent whatsoever. Um, then he slowly worked off, and that was by probably four. I didn't see another deer until 5.30, and I'm thinking, man, like, we're starting to get, you know, this first week of November. Sweet November's here. Um and all of a sudden, I hear that rhythmic walking of a deer behind me. And I turn my head and look, and it's that spike. And I'm like, gosh, like, go away. <laughs> Just go away. I don't want you here kind of thing. You're you're going to end up, like, busting me when another mature yeah. shooter buck comes in. And you're just more problems. And, well, he's slowly just feeding along and, and looking and smelling the air. And then a doe comes crashing through, crosses the creek. Comes crashing through the creek bottom up into this low um, locust and hickory bottom that I'm hunting over. And this time of year, you guys know, if a doe comes crashing through, you better grab your bow or gun and get ready because you never know what's going to be behind her. And uh, so I'm looking, I'm waiting, scanning for movement, nothing. Well, that spike sees her, takes off after. And, uh, you know, he chases her around and he's grunting at her and you know, she wants nothing to do with him. So he breaks off and works off the uh, upwind side ridge um, where I'd seen another spike move through earlier. Now that I think back on it, it could have been the same one, but it doesn't really matter. About 15 minutes later, after he walks up that ridge, uh, the same path that that doe came through on. So this is about six o'clock by now. Um, I think into legal was like 640, 637, 640, somewhere in there uh, before the time change, of course. Um, and I just catch a glimpse of a beam, an antler beam 
And so I put uh, put the binos to it, and I'm like, okay, I, that uh, that deer get your get your heart rate up, and I'm gonna give him a shot to to get him in here and shoot him. So hit him with a uh, short grunt, nothing, no response. Hit him with a, a more deep, drawn out grunt, just to a volume. I'm, so I'm grunting as I'm looking through my binos. One hand on the ground, two, one hand on the binos, and I'm watching. And as soon as I see him hear that grunt call, he whips his head around and I stop. And so as he's looking my way, he's behind a big brush pile. And I did that on purpose to where, um, you know, he wasn't going to be able to pinpoint exactly where that was. He had to commit. He had to commit to finding out where and what that was. Um, so as I, as he turns his head towards me, I can just see a couple beams or, you know, a couple tines through the, uh, through the brush pile and, you know, counting. Okay. He's four on one side, pretty decent buff. And so he commits, man, like, it took him all of about five to seven seconds to commit. And uh, so as soon as he does that, boom, I throw the binos back in the chest rig, throw a grunt tube in my pocket, grab my bow. I didn't even have time to range him, but I pre-ranged a couple spots, especially one trail that had been real heavy to and from the scrape. He walks right by that scrape, does not hit it one bit, comes into this clearing and as he's moving out of the brush pile, I'm drawn back. So he doesn't pinpoint me as I'm drawn. Perfectly broadside, 25 yards. I get him to bleat or I bleat to get him to stop. And uh, slowly squeezed off, man. Watch that arrow impact. Heard the loud pop. I mean, just like picture perfect. Loud pop, mule kick. He goes wheeling out of there. And you know how when a deer is getting ready to, to give up the ghost, they start like kind of hunching down and doing the real fast run and their tail gets to flickering. Um, that's exactly what he did. When he started doing that, I'm like, okay, feel feel pretty good. Cause as he was running away, he's angling towards the property line. And of course your first thought is, okay, well now I got to call this land, you know, the neighbor and say, Hey, and you know, shot a deer went over there and pray that he's like, okay, yeah, go ahead and go get it. Um, but man, he made it. I'd say 50, 60 yards stops that tail gets to flicker and he just tips over and uh, yeah, buck was down at like six ten on, uh, on Wednesday. So that's awesome. That's that man. That is uh that's that he's um pretty decent buck. He's a mainframe eight mainframe nine technically. Um, but he's got a real cool dagger point coming off the backside of his left antler coming almost straight back to where like if he lifted his head up too much it'd stab him in the back of the neck um so it's pretty cool it's about i'd say two inches long inch and three quarter two inches long so pretty cool little unique point that uh like i said man it's it's all about having fun and he got my heart rate going and yeah he uh they all eat same like you said week before last jake they uh you can't eat those antlers so <laughs> gotta, gotta shoot gotta shoot those those or you know gotta shoot those bucks to make you happy yep well uh i believe we're gonna try to have a short uh interview with uh lucas bond uh, out of Jeff City, he's the com- communications manager. Uh, I'm not sure if it's for the whole Missouri Department of Conservation or just the Jeff City office, but uh, we'll hope to have that later on in this week to preview uh, the upcoming rifle season that is set to open this coming Saturday, correct? Yep. Yep. At the 12th. Okay, so it's it's coming up uh we just ask i ask myself that if you're going out be sure to wear your orange be sure if you do take a shot at what you're shooting at uh, safety 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 uh deer hunting's great and fun but uh every year there's always a bad story or two that you end up hearing out of it and i just 
hate to think if any of it can be prevented. Uh, so yeah. any of our listeners that are going to go out there, please just take the extra time to do everything and, and make sure you're doing it the right way. So, yeah. Yeah. And if you guys, uh, uh, if you guys end up getting something, um, case you're running the, uh, you're running Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. You're running yeah. Facebook now. So send it into the Facebook and, uh, we'll start sharing it. Yeah. We'll start sharing it. Or if you want to send it to, um, if you want to send it to my Instagram, I'd be happy to, you know, post it up there and, and, you know, show off, uh, you know, show off your trophy. So, uh, at M I Z as in zoo underscore C F I N C Finn, um, send it there and I'd be, I'd be happy to post it for you. We wish everybody the best of luck. And, uh, man, I hope, hope we get some Missouri monsters this year to, to talk about. Um, but moving into the preview, just kind of preview gun season coming up there. Uh, as Cole mentioned, basketball has uh, University of Penn. Coming in this Saturday, uh, and so hopefully uh, they don't shoot a fifty from three point line, and we we have a little bit bigger of a win there. But uh, our football tigers, uh, we we now sit four and five on the year, so we have to win two out of these last three. Uh, New Mexico State is obviously one should 99.9% be a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, especially as Mizzou fans, we can't say there's no way we can lose because we've seen that uh, bite us in the butt. So uh, it'd be great if we go in there and get it done this weekend. It'd be a huge upset. Uh, number five, Tennessee. Uh coming off their loss against Georgia where they pretty well got beat in all facets of the game from what I saw. Uh, ESPN has it at a 92.8 on their predictors. Uh, So they're almost guaranteeing Tennessee here. Tennessee has a 20 and a half line. Uh, The over-under is 56 and a half. Uh, and there's there's not a lot that's comparable in the numbers. We do have a better defense. Uh, but of course, Tennessee is not known as a defensive football team. So uh, it's strength on strength matchup for us this weekend. Uh, you know, our, our defense definitely leads our team. Their offense is what wins them their ball games. So, uh, I say let's go get it. We'll see. We shall see. Something's gonna, something's gonna give. And uh, you know, those folks down in down in Knoxville have endured. Um, you know. They'll, they'll let you know about it for sure, but they've endured some bad years for sure. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, whatever it is, 105, 108, 109,000, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sold-out game. Um, yeah, I don't think you can pay me to go to that game. No, I, I think a lot of folks will be there. A lot of that uh, a lot of that Hunter's Orange will be. <laughs> that's what I call it. Colors. It's, it might as well be Hunter's Orange. Um, but, yeah, we'll see, boys. It's uh, – I'm gonna pray yeah, for the pray for the best outcome, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, 11 a.m. CBS. So, not only do we get to play Tennessee, but we get to play Tennessee in front of the whole country. So, whole country's gonna watch that one. Yeah, <laughs> I think we beat uh, Tennessee last time I played on CBS, though. So there's that. Yeah, hey, nobody gave us a chance against Georgia, and uh, a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas out of that game. A handful of plays. Go different ways, sure. and we beat Georgia. So uh, I'm never going to count our Tigers out until maybe kickoff. <laughs> Tennessee returns open and kickoff. Then I might count us out. But anyways, I'm not going to count us out from now. So uh, 
let's go get it. Let's go get it and uh, it'd be great if there's a flood advisory coming off the Tennessee River there from all those tears. <laughs> so I'm all for the Tigers going and, and ruining a bunch of volunteers weekend. Yeah, boy. So, well, fellas, do you all have anything else you want to add to this week's episode? Well, just good luck to everyone out there this weekend and be safe. You know, enjoy the time with your your friends and buddies while you're out hunting. Yep, have fun, man. That's that's what it's all about. Wow. Go out, have fun. This time only comes around once a year. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like Skeeter and uh, in case just said, be safe. Um, no, double check, double identify your target. Know what's beyond your target. Um, know where that bullet's going to land if you do miss. Um. Yeah, but the biggest thing is just have fun and be safe. So that's all I got. And don't forget when you come in for lunch to eat your sandwich. Uh, turn it on CBS, and uh, hopefully you're going to your stand that evening very happy. Yeah, yeah. kudos to I say, man, kudos to uh, I think it's back to back years that. They've had away games on the opening weekend of deer season. So big kudos to that. I'm a big, big fan of that. I like that a lot. I'm not not sure the SEC actually checks on on the hunting schedules when they do this, but uh, we'll we'll take it as SEC is doing Mizzou fans a favor. Yeah, they should. (laughs) They should. At least they do us that favor. Well, for – Episode nine. Um, Skeeter, gonna sign us off. Case Cole, appreciate y'all. Appreciate all our listeners. Uh, like we said, be safe. Hopefully, everybody has a great harvest and, and great memories to share with generations to come. So, with that, M I Z Z O U. Go Tigers! Y'all take care.